Good morning. This is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Good morning, people. It's uh, 8.58 a.m. Looks like April the 24th, 2019. This is episode 87 of Bitcoin and... And I got to apologize for being away. Uh, didn't do a show last Friday. Didn't do a show last Monday. Uh, family's in town or was in town. Easter was going on. And <clears throat> it just made, you know, you got to be there for your family, right? You can't just, you can't just not. The whole reason any of us do anything at one point or another is probably going to boil back to something about family. You know, why? you try to do something, why you try to make something, why you try to build anything. It, generally speaking, it goes back to family. So um, I spent uh, Friday, uh, Saturday, and clearly Sunday, Easter Sunday, uh, hanging out with my sister, my wife, uh, my kids. Uh, it was really, really nice. And then on Monday, I took my kids hiking in the beautiful country that actually is the panhandle of Texas. Um, if you just drive through the panhandle of Texas, you will just go, what the hell is it that guy talking about? It's like any place else that I, it's hard to describe. You have to be in a place for a while to understand where the beauty actually is. So, and that's not like places, that's like appreciation of a biome, like a a type of, you know, uh, ecological region. And as flat as uh, people think the Texas panhandle is, it's not. It is in places, and it is in places for a long stretch, but, you know, you start getting off into canyons and and rills and all kinds of uh, small hillock kind of country, you start to appreciate the fact that you can see for miles. The sky is huge. It's usually beautiful, bright blue. In the summertime, it gets hot. Yeah, 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 I know. But there is a beauty there. And I'd started discovering beauty in places that, that I wouldn't think wouldn't have thought that I would have thought were beautiful when I was in college and I visited because it was part of my job. I visited six national parks in the Chihuahuan desert uh, from the Amistad reservoir all the way up to white sands national park. All of that is uh, the Chihuahuan desert region. And for something that would be classified as a desert, you know, you think of desert, um, it doesn't necessarily connotate anything other than a hot, merciless death without water. While that is true, there's something beautiful about that amount of raw, natural power. 
that you have no control over as of you have no control over as a human being and you are completely at the mercy of mother nature when you're out in in some of this country that will focus your ass in ways that you can't possibly freaking imagine people i guarantee it go out to big bend national uh, national park and go out into the wilderness make sure you take water do it in summer. Make sure you have long sleeves and uh, and full long pants and a hat because you will get baked to death if you are not careful. Even with water, you will get it's it's it, it can get ugly. Go out there and try to find in places that that don't have any trees or anything higher than like a couple of feet off the ground. Try to find shade to rest in, and realize that there is no shade. You are at God's mercy out there. Anyway, so uh, with all that said, uh, appreciate your national parks, appreciate your state parks, go out and do stuff in them. With all that said, let's get into the morning roundup. This is why lightweight transactions are so important. This was a set of tweets that I I took a picture of uh, Max (coughs) Hillebrand had three tweets in a row. And I thought they, I thought it was really, really important. Uh, he says in the first tweet, he says, you know, what really grinds my gears, a hotel with 0.18 megabit per second internet connection, which is slow AF. The struggle is real. I can't even upload my at Bitcoin Optech reading. But you know what is absolutely mind blowing? I could still do a lightning to- network transaction. Yes. Yes. That's why small blocks. That's why lightning. That's why That's why you don't just gear up, right? I mean, some of the most effective fighting forces in the United States military are light armored uh infantry. They 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 can move. And they, they don't have a lot of armor. They're not carrying a whole lot of protection around with them, right? That makes them mobile. And the reason that they are actually very, very effective is because is more because they're mobile and less because they have any kind of armor, right? Like no tanks, uh, you know, no howitzers chilling out. There's just a, so, some dudes out there with some really good rifles. They're very, very mobile, Um and this is—it's the same—it's—it's it's the same thing here. This is why lightweight transactions, lightweight—you know—light block weight makes things more effective. And going—if—if if we can just lose all the bullshit for just a few minutes and stand back and think how much more effective it something is, especially when you want to be undetected, you want to be lightning fast. You want to be able to get in and get out and not get noticed. What's better? Take a howitzer tank or I'm sorry, like a a howitzer, you know, 88 millimeter, you know, uh, shell barrage gun or a very small rifle that is very, very accurate. and, and, And everything depends on you being able to move with that particular armament. All right. So that's one of the reasons why. I, I'm not a big blocker. I'm just not. And I won't be until every possible design infrastructure or design 
has been done on what we have already that makes it so insanely, insanely efficient to do this stuff. Will I ever even think about any kind of larger block? So that's, that's my, my rant on that. Afghanistan and Tunisia's central bank governors say state Bitcoin bonds can help access needed investment. Oh, well, let's see what Asia Times has to say on this. <clears throat> Kabul, Tunis in sovereign crypto bond race. All right, let's get into this. This is by P.K. Simler. This was, did it have a date stamp? Yeah, April the 17th. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going back in time here, people. I I, I know, I don't I should have done it a Friday show. I know. Afghanistan and Tunisia are in a race to be the first country to issue a sovereign Bitcoin bond, according to interviews with the governors of the two country central banks. The pair were speaking at the annual spring meetings of the boards of governors of the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund held in Washington between April the 8th and the 14th. Khalil Sadiq, governor of the Central Bank of Afghanistan, told Asia Times at the event that the country was seriously considering issuing a sovereign crypto bond that uses blockchain technology as an investment <clears throat> or as an instrument to raise some eight or $5.8 billion U.S. in needed private sector investment for the country's critical mining, energy, and agricultural uh, sectors. Sadiq went on, <clears throat> went on to say that Bitcoin could be coupled with a form of metals future such as lithium and noted that the value of Afghanistan's mineral reserve was now estimated at more than 3 trillion. Afghanistan is set to become one of the world's largest miners of lithium, a metal that is in short supply because of the electric vehicle demand triggered by Elon Musk's Tesla Inc. and others. Oh God. Okay. I'll hold on for a second because that, that sentence kind of tripped me up. Sadiq went on to say that Bitcoin could be coupled with a form of metals future. That reminds me of the scene in the matrix. That's, that's what it was. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. When, when the, uh, they're talking about how the heat from the human body combined with a form of fusion made the, the, the machine world. And I'm like, Oh my God, Bitcoin combined with a form of metals future. It's just, I don't know. It just, it, it sounds, sounds the same. Afghanistan is facing severe restrictions on non-concessionary borrowing and a crypto issuance argues Sadiq could offer a way to access international markets via a first of its kind financial instrument made possible with Hyperledger's blockchain technology, financial services platform. <clears throat> Bank Central de Tunis governor. I am not going to be able to pronounce the dude's name. So to, uh, Tunis Central Bank Governor, uh, also speaking at the spring meeting, said the North African nation has created a working group that was also seriously studying the issuance of a sovereign Bitcoin bond. Abasi, a former World Bank official, told delegates, that's the at least the last name of the, the, I can at least pronounce that one, uh, told delegates that Tunisia was one of the first countries in the world to issue an electronic currency, the E-Dinar, and was already hosting digital cash payments through a post-Tunis system developed by Tunis-based DigitUS Tech. Abasi added that Bitcoin and blockchain hyperledger technology offer central banks an efficient tool to combat money laundering 
manage remittances, fight cross-border terrorism, and limit gray economies. My God, have they been talking to Craig? Uzbekistan, which sent a high-level delegation to the IMF World Bank event. So I'm going to do that again. Uzbekistan, which sent a high-level delegation to the World Bank event so it could study Bitcoin and blockchain, should not be counted out of its race or out in the race to issue the first sovereign Bitcoin bond. Uzbek ambassador to the United States, Javlon Vakabov, told meeting delegates, an Uzbek Bitcoin bond could be combined with the cotton futures market. Jesus, they just want to combine it with everything, with a a form of fusion. As the Central Asian nation is the world's fifth largest producer of that commodity, International Monetary Fund Managing Director Christine Lagarde, speaking at a keynote spring meeting panel discussion that examined how global financial systems and payments are changing, said she thought bond issuances using blockchain technology was possible. Well, of course it's possible but should be done initially using a closed and supervised sandbox approach. Yeah. So you can keep control of this shit. So you have time to get you and your idiots in that sandbox to find out how this works. Well, piss off. Sorry. That's going to, that's going to do it for that one. Let's see what's up in the stack. Uh, Bitcoin is now moving 11% of Venmo's yearly total in one day. All right. Well, it's, yeah, let's let's do this one. Um, <clears throat> this is who is this? TheBitcoinist.com. Oh, there's okay. Th- this is by Esther Kim, April eighteenth, two thousand nineteen. Bitcoin usage tramples Venmo. <laughs> Send help immediately. As Morgan Creek Digital co-founder Anthony Pompliano noted on social media April 17th, Bitcoin's on-chain transaction volumes grew to $7 billion per day earlier this week. Those figures came purely from standard transactions, not those done off-chain, for example, via the Lightning Network. By contrast, Pompliano notes some fiat-based networks handle significantly less and could even lose out of Bitcoin, oh, lose out to Bitcoin as it advances. Specifically, PayPal's Venmo, which offers database-powered instant transactions and near-zero transaction fees, moved $62 billion in value last year. This means that in one day, Bitcoin achieved 11% of the company's annual volume, which means, you know, for me, that the math just suggests that that crushes its daily volume. Uh, <clears throat> quote, Bitcoin is the killer app, he summarized, referring to a longtime debate as to whether or not BTC will become the ultimate long-term cryptocurrency phenomenon. Currently, Bitcoin has a daily transaction total of around 350,000 from uh, data is from blockchain.com. His comments come as Bitcoin's price, 5,480, continues to ride high above 5,000 this month. A new trend which has sparked increased volumes throughout the cryptocurrency ecosystem in March on train on chain transactions reached a level not seen for 15 months. Wow. Capping a trend which had run in contrast to previously declining prices through 2018 regarding Bitcoin's readiness to usurp fiat incumbent market players. Extensive analysis has already made bold claims about a major market shakeup coming as soon as 10 years time. As Bitcoin has reported, 
The figures from software startup Datalight published earlier in April characterized Bitcoin as already having the ability to become the world's foremost payment network. Quote, traditional payment systems developed their companies for as many as 60 years prior to becoming industry leaders, researchers summarized. Quote, they have developed gradually conquering region after region, unlike Bitcoin, which became available worldwide immediately in just 10 years. Bitcoin has managed to compete with the leaders of the payment system industry. Datalight nonetheless forecasts it would be off-chain solutions, specifically Lightning, which would give Bitcoin the edge in transaction capacity over rivals such as Visa and MasterCard. Those networks at present can handle 65 to 40,000 transactions per second, respectively. BTC transaction data further sets it apart from altcoins this month. As Bitcoin is noted, despite Weiss ratings championing network activity of assets such as Dezos, the actual value represented by those transactions is a fraction, a fraction of that move by the Bitcoin network. Weiss itself appeared to partially acknowledge this fact, quote, of course, not all transactions are qualitatively the same. A $10 million Bitcoin transfer is obviously more important than a simple vote or a like on Steam, executive summarized Jesus. In 2018, the Bitcoin network transferred over $3.2 trillion US. Let me say that again. $3.2 trillion with a T. Wow. Despite an 80% drop in price. Okay, going back to Weiss. They can just basically go sit and spin. I don't even, I had never heard of Weiss before in my entire life. The Weiss ratings, never heard of them in my entire life. And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple of years ago, Weiss starts rating cryptocurrencies and gets everything wrong. Any of you guys who are listening to Weiss ratings, stop it. Just Stop. You're going to end up with a headache, man. All right. So um, Jameson Lop <clears throat> is going to out Craig Wright. We don't know exactly with what, but if in case you've been under a rock and didn't hear, Jameson Lop puts out a tweet. This was April the 19th, 2019. A year ago, I began a new research project. The subject of this research was Craig Stephen Wright. I finished my research a while ago, but the article has been stuck in legal review by multiple teams of attorneys for over a month, expecting to publish next week. Oh, man. So that's going to be sometime this week if he stays on, on schedule. So look for this thing to drop from Jameson Lopp. Um, I think he goes on. He actually goes on to say that um, later on, I read that he is not able to print in this report because of the legal review process, 30 to 40% of the material that he found. So we'll never see that, that stuff, but if his lawyers or teams of lawyers are telling him no, then we can only speculate what that shit is. So don't speculate too hard what that is. And also, you never know, it may be a nothing burger, but I kind of doubt it. If it was a nothing burger, I don't think Jameson would have said anything. He's got better things to do with his time. Uh, speaking of trash, BitMEX research uh, on April uh, tweets out on April 18th, 2019, our Bitcoin Cash SV node experienced two block reorgs. First, a three block reorganization 
followed by a six-block organization. Below graphic illustrates the events and includes the block height, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, they, and, and they tweet out a picture. But yeah, so the BSV network suffered not one, but two reorganizations on its network. Stay as far away from that piece of crap as you possibly can. Not investment advice. Although it should be because that is just a trash chain, man. And it's just run by trash. It is trash. It's just, and I feel bad for the bag holders that actually are still buying into this crap, but whatever, you can't just go around protecting freaking everything. Um, An interesting thing actually happened uh, to me. uh, I think, when was this? When This was, yeah, three days ago. Um, I was looking, what was I looking for? I was looking for, um, oh yeah, I was Hotel fuel. If you haven't, you know, tried Hotel fuel, I, I have not yet ordered a bag, but I'm, I'm definitely going to at H O D L F U E L. Uh, they sort of power Bitcoin right now with their coffee. I asked them if I had asked them if they had a, because I think they have K cups, those Keurig machines that you see in like every office and church and God, you know, like doctor's offices and stuff like that. I don't like the Keurig because it just filters uh, prepackaged coffee with uh, hot water. I actually like the Nespresso because that actually pumps hot steam through the coffee and then this, the coffee grounds condense that. And it, in my opinion, it makes a superior cup of coffee over the Keurig. So I asked them if they had their coffee prepackaged in, in the N format, N for Nespresso. And they said, currently we don't. And then, um, he, he was like, you know, the guy uh, from Whole Fuel says, well, may, maybe they make a refillable cup. Lo and behold, I Google it and, uh, come up with a, um, or I Googled a, a refillable end cup and they do have end cup. And where it sent me was to newshick.com. Now remember, this was a Google search. Okay. Just I, like typing in, um, you know, in, you know, what did I type in? I think it's like Nespresso format refillable cup. I come up with like a first thing in the list is this new chick or new chick.com N E W C H I C. And sure enough, they've got a, a K Casa KC coffee 13, which is a refillable in format, uh, Nespresso, uh, coffee thing. But what I thought was interesting was that up in my right hand corner, the sim, uh, <clears throat> the window for a lolly, at try lolly l o l l i pops up activate up to 10.5% bitcoin back so i find this interesting and i wanted to talk about it a little bit because i came basically it was bringing me full circle so that i i packaged that into a retweet and um retweeted that exchange to um uh say it should not be lost on anyone that I found this product by asking a true Bitcoin company a question and ended up from a Google search at a shop that is one of Trilolly's vendors. Hashtag closed loop. Seriously, think about that. I mean, I, 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 Google could have sent me anywhere, right? And I, Google didn't send me to new chick. It's just that somehow or another, Lolly's extensive tentacles, the, the, octopus that lolly's becoming 
has gotten so far that from one Bitcoin company to a Google search to another Bitcoin company, how about that? That looks to me like adoption. All right. So next up in the stack is Binance News. World's biggest cryptocurrency exchange has launched its decentralized exchange platform with trading to go live soon. I'm not going to read that one, but yeah, Binance has a decentralized exchange and I think it launched yesterday, something like that. Um, maybe I, I can't remember if it, it, it may not have launched all, you know, yet, but still, so Binance has a decentralized exchange. We can only wait and see what that actually looks like. Uh, final message. This is from our boy, Matt O'Dell and crew. Uh, final message. <clears throat> this is from the blockcrypto.com. New applications will, new application will help users pass on their Bitcoin when unforeseen events occur. Um, April 23rd, 2019, Matt O'Dell and Murtaza Ali have launched a new Bitcoin project called Final Message. Final Message acts as a dead man switch where users can deploy a vital message that is sent to their chosen recipient only if the user does not engage with the switch in control of the message for a certain amount of time. The project uses Bitcoin payments as the trigger mechanism for the messages with support for Bitcoin's lightning network to reduce the cost for performing the message. The central idea behind final message is that users will be able to send one of their three Bitcoin multi-sig keys to whomever in the event of an emergency. This would ensure that in the event of anything unforeseen, tragic boating accident, their Bitcoin would not be lost forever as the recipient would receive the third key to access the Bitcoin. When reached out for comment, Matt O'Dell stressed the importance of projects like his and the use of multisig. Quote, storing Bitcoin securely comes with a number of trade-offs. Tools like ours should help to reduce those trade-offs, hopefully leading to broader use of multisig by the community. All of excuse me, all of the messages are fully encrypted in the user's browser before it is sent to their servers. By using a multi-sig key, even if final message was compromised and encryption failed, your Bitcoin keys would still be safe. Currently, for 50 bucks per year, users would be able to extend their message, ensuring that the switch is not triggered and the message is not sent in the absence of anything unforeseen. So Matt... Odell is kicking ass out there now. I mean, well, he's, he's been kicking ass for a while, but, um, I've been following him for a while, so I don't know what he's done in the past. This looks like sort of like the first Bitcoin product that, that he's involved with. And Matt, if I'm wrong about that, I'm sorry, don't, don't shoot me. I'm just getting shit wrong, but it's awesome to see that man, you know, because he's like, it's, it's, it's a product. It's, you know, it's, if, if something bad happens to you, you know, that third key is sent to like my, if something bad happens to me, third key is sent to my wife. Then my wife has all the keys necessary to be able to unlock any Bitcoin wallet that I have, whether it's, you know, no matter, you know, it, well, no matter what, she's got all the keys to be able to unlock my Bitcoin. And I think that's awesome. The only thing that I don't like about this is it's one more thing to keep track of. Now, in in reality, is that such a big deal? No, not when it's this important. It's just, you know, again, 
I'm how to, is there any way that even like engaging with the switch, is there somehow some way that can be, you know, that could be changed or, or abstracted either away or into a different form? I don't know, probably not, but still the only thing that, that would suck is if you just, you set it up and then kind of forgot or, you know, something just happened and, and I guess that the worst case scenario is like, I get, I don't know, I'm like, let's say that I'm, I'm supposed to, to trans, you know, to re, um, to kind of, you know, get engaged with the switch and my, you know, it's getting time to, for me to do that engagement. And somehow or another, I get like a blown out tire in the middle of, you know, I don't know, nowhere for miles and miles and miles. And I'm like, and I, I miss my deadline to engage with the switch for two days. Worst case scenario my wife gets my, my private key, but hopefully, you know, she doesn't immediately say, Oh my God, he's dead. Right. Um, and, and doesn't automatically like sell everything on an exchange and waits a couple of days for me to be able to get on the phone. But still though, the, the, there are things to be considered here and just doing it just cause is probably not a good idea. It's like, well, exactly what are my circumstances and exactly why would I want to use this? But if all those answers lead you to go, oh, my God, I need something like this. Well, here it is. So final message is the name of that product. Next up in the stack, uh, God, Lightning Labs tweets out yesterday. Today, our Lightning app launches on Bitcoin mainnet. Try our desktop alpha featuring Neutrino, Autopilot, and a Lightning user experience that puts control in our users in control and privacy first. Nice people, nice. Let's 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 run through this a little bit. Uh, this is from Tankred Haas and Valentine Wallace, uh, April the twenty third, two thousand nineteen. Today, we're excited to announce the first alpha release of the Lightning app for desktop on Bitcoin mainnet. This is still an early version targeted at testers, but it will give advanced users and developers a chance to start experimenting with a, <clears throat> with a Lightning UX where users control their own funds powered by our Neutrino Lite client technology. This desktop release supports Mac OS, Windows, and Linux. Nice. <clears throat> it also represents an important stepping stone towards mobile. While we continue to invest in performance and stability, we're working as quickly as we can to get our mainnet iOS and app dro- or Android apps out soon. Driving this release is a complete commitment to scaling the principles that Bitcoin was built on. Privacy, security, self-determination. For that, we need to go beyond custodial solutions and enthusiast guides and deliver a great user experience for everyone. This is abstraction, people. This is what abstraction looks like. Scaling Bitcoin and lightning to everyone means not requiring people to follow complex setup processes or hand over control of their funds to trusted counterparties. For everyone to truly explore what is possible with the Lightning Network, we need to build a wallet that knocks down these barriers to entry and demonstrates what is possible when technology fights for the user. I'm going to stop right there and say the word abstraction again. Now, the reason is is because it took me a long time to figure out what the word abstraction actually means, whether talking about abstract art, abstract architecture, abstract abstractation in design, all that kind of shit. It took me forever. That paragraph from the beginning word to the closing word is should be a textbook definition of what abstraction 
is, at least in this space, but also in other spaces too. So continuing on, in a previous post, we went into detail about Neutrino and the advantages it has for users. We encourage curious readers to dig into the technology behind this emerging standard, but in a nutshell... Neutrino is a light client specification that allows non-custodial lightning wallets to verify Bitcoin transactions with improved privacy, minimized trust, and without needing to sync the full Bitcoin blockchain, which is about 200 gigabytes. Instead, apps only need to download and verify tens of megabytes or gigamegs, sorry, (laughs) worth of filter headers in a matter of minutes. This enables non-custodial solutions on mobile phones as well as other low-power devices. We also want to give an update on new features in the app that we've in- introduced since our last post on the uh, on the testnet alpha release. For one, syncing the Neutrino client is now much faster and begins in the background while the user writes down her recovery fr- phrase, aka mnemonic seed. Our goal with this new feature is for LND to already be fully synced by the time the user has written down and verified their seeds. Again, another example of abstraction. It's happening in the background. You don't see it. For all you guys that hate lightning, don't listen to this podcast. But that's not that big of a deal. We have also updated the home screen with a unified balance that includes on-chain as well as lightning funds. The percentage of funds that are allocated to payment channels is displayed as a percentage below. This is amazing. Clicking on the percentage breakdown now takes users to the dark mode channels page with more advanced details. By default, the app will start in mainnet mode, starting with version 0.50 alpha. Remember, people, this is an alpha Okay, it's not even beta yet. It's alpha, so be aware. If you installed the app prior to V or version 0.5, there is nothing extra you need to do to use mainnet. Just open the current testnet version and install the update when prompted. Mainnet will then be enabled by default after restarting. Users can still opt into testnet using CLI flags, but mainnet will be the default going forward. To prevent confusion, the app displays testnet at the top of the wallet when the app is started in testnet mode. Advanced users can also now disable the autopilot feature in the app settings and manage their channels manually if they choose to. Since we want to make the technology as accessible as possible, autopilot will still be enabled by default when users start the application for the first time. Selecting which node to open a channel it to is something we don't want our users to burden themselves with. Again, abstraction. <clears throat> this goal led to the development of the autopilot technology within LND. The latest reserve of release of LND version 0.6 beta revamped the system internally to leverage a new scoring-based system. This scoring-based system lends well to combining several heuristics into one unified channel selection model. The latest version of Autopilot within LND also allows these scores to be provided externally. Over the past few months, we've been running active network level analysis to determine which nodes are acting as effective routing nodes in the network today. The version of Autopilot bundled with this application leverages both graph level information in LND and active network level information from our system to suggest well-connected nodes that actively manage the liquidity of their channels. Selecting a set of initial channels is an important part of bootstrapping new users to the Lightning Network. And with this new system, we'll ensure that our users' very first channel act as reliable gateways to the Lightning Network. Dude, these guys are 
freaking user experience monsters. Uh, this is really good examples of people who give a shit about the actual user experience and doing everything they can to keep all, all the philosophy behind Bitcoin in place while they abstract away all the stuff that makes the learning curve frightening as hell, right? <clears throat> so, um, they, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It goes on. This release is primarily targeted at users who want to test spending and sending lightning payments as there is still UX challenges to overcome to automatically get inbound capacity for channels. We're working on integrating our lightning loop service to make it easier for users to receive lightning payments and top off their channels and future releases of the app. In the meantime, users can receive if they have enough inbound capacity, e.g. after sending a few payments. <laughs> Crayful gang. Crayful. Oh God. I guess it's a, I guess it's a play on reckless. We'd like to remind users that this is still very, very early technology and there's a risk of losing all of your funds. I'm going to repeat that. There is a risk of losing all of your funds. While testing the current alpha version of the software, we advise users not to put more money in the app than they are willing to lose. There's also a good amount of work left to be done, which will be which uh, which will add to the app security in the future. We still have to undergo a security audit and integrate watchtowers, which mitigate potential attacks if the app stays offline for extended extended periods of time. Okay, I, going back, uh, there's something. Uh, the, the node selection to bootstrap people into the lightning network. And they're, you know, talking about scoring nodes, nodes that have a history of having, you know, good channel management, you know, good liquidity balances, um, successful, not only successful routing, but like on, you know, time online and all this stuff goes into essentially sort of builds a reputation score of the node. Now let that one sink in. Bitcoin is trustless, and yet we're actually starting to to figure out who it is among in the in the community that can be trusted, and we're putting numbers on that shit at this point. It's it's happening everywhere. I've got a Bitcoin score on my on my Twitter account. It's low <laughs> because I'm not a badass, right? But still, I I I, I have it. It's it's on it's. I, I have a, uh, I think I'm like number 1000 or 2700 something in, in ranking, you know, but hopefully my ranking will go up and it's the, the whole thing is sort of like game of, it's almost like gamification, but it hap it's happening organically. No one's forcing it. It just seems to be that the community saying, well, we're supposed to be, you know, doing trustless, but still, if I'm going to be interacting with another person at one point or another, there is going to be trust, at, you know, in, in some capacity somewhere along the way, unless it's an actual Bitcoin transaction on the main chain, then I don't have to give a shit. But even then, if I'm paying somebody for a good and I use the chain to give them Bitcoin, I still have to trust them to give me the good. And I still have to trust the, the postal service to actually do that, perform their freaking function to get the stuff from the guy to me. All right. So no matter how you slice it, trust is involved. What's cool is watching people figure out how to score this shit. So if you have a node 
and you're a bad actor on the network because you don't like lightning and you think you're going to get in there and screw shit up, guess again, because at one point or another, your, your node will have zero reputation. Nobody will connect with it and you can GFY. All right. So that is still beyond that. I'm really excited, really, really excited for uh, Lightning Labs uh, desktop app. that I, I can't wait to play with this. This is going to be freaking awesome, dude. Uh, what's up here? Oh, God. Ramp Capital LLC. <laughs> I love this guy. This dude is awesome. You hate to see it. No one could have seen this coming. No one. He's retweeting The Verge, the company behind the $16,000 AI-powered laundry folding robot has filed for bankruptcy. No one could have seen that coming. No one. (laughs) I love it. Okay, last up in the stack, my tweet. I am retweeting Daniel Winter at DA underscore Winter. Um, I, I, I'm retweet. Oh yeah. He's, uh, replying to, he's actually replying to me and he says, so after running his mouth that he was going to out Satoshi McAfee bailed my, my response is these people would suck, but without them, Bitcoin wouldn't be the wild West and nobody in Hollywood would have made Westerns about the old West or had the old West not been as old West as the old West was. And so what is he talking about? Yeah. McAfee was trying to, out was going to out Satoshi because he quote unquote knew who he was. And as much as is the McAfee is an entertaining gentleman. I'll just put it that way. He's interesting. Um, he's a freak, but it's, he's sort of the guy that you just, you just kind of like it when he gets, <laughs> when he gets rolling, um, I'm just going to read a, a little bit about this. He said, let's see, this is a Bloomberg article by Olga Karif. This is yesterday. John McAfee, the eccentric antivirus pioneer known for his brushes with the law, said he has spoken with Bitcoin creator Satoshi Nakamoto and plans to reveal the person's identity. But the timing of the announcement is up in the air. After previously telling Bloomberg he would expose Nakamoto, quote unquote, within a week, he backed off the plan. McAfee said Tuesday on Twitter, the controversy could hurt his efforts to fight an extradition to the United States. Oh, God. The background of Nakamoto has been fiercely debated for years with a long list of discredited theories fueling suspicious suspicion Bitcoin's pioneer is probably dead. In recent days, McAfee has said that Nakamoto is a man living in the U.S. Quote, I've spoken with him and he is not a happy camper about my attempt to out him, McAfee said in a phone interview from the Bahamas. McAfee's antics and erratic behavior has overshadowed his past as a software pioneer, and it's hard to know whether he's finally tracked down the real Nakamoto. No, he's not. He doesn't know who the hell Nakamoto is. Dude, John, just buy Bitcoin and shut shut up. Just that. It's It, it really is just that simple. And that's going to do it for your morning roundup. Vital Statistics is brought to you by BitInfoCharts.com. Bitcoin is at an average price of 5457 
Uh, it looks like the high is going to be over at Bitfinex at 5,495 and the low is going to be at right BTC at 5,416. So still pretty tight, pretty tight trading. 358,000 transactions over the last 24 hours is giving an average transaction per hour of 15,000. Uh, let's see. It looks like 2 million BTC have been sent in the last 24 hours with an average sent per hour of 83,349 BTC. My God, dude, that's $450 million. Jeez. Average transaction value is 5.58 BTC and the median transaction value has jumped considerably 0.074 BTC or about 400 bucks USD. Block time is consistent at 10 minutes, four seconds. And that is despite a pretty good size loss of hash rate. Now here it says it's, you know, down 6.39% in the last 24 hours. But when I was doing this, uh, the last one on last Wednesday, we were, I think we were at 50 exahashes per second. And now we are just below 40 exahashes per second. So mm, that shouldn't really concern anybody, but it's like, wow, dude. Anyway, okay. Uh, the, sorry. Uh, the last uh, code commit to GitHub uh, repository for Bitcoin was yesterday, the 23rd from left to right. Ethereum is at 164. Bcash is at 274. Litecoin is at 72. BSV is at 52. Poor guys. Ethereum Classic is at five bucks and fifty cents. Dogecoin is at 0.0025. And Doge at 36,794 transactions over the last 24 hours. Smoking the shit out of BSV, but not Bitcoin Cash, which is holding over there at 48,998 transactions over the last 24 hours. That will be your vital statistics. It's a song. It's a song by Death Clock. Now, I'm, I know. This is the fictional band from Metalocalypse, which any, if anybody has ever watched Adult Swim maybe had seen Metalocalypse, but um, the thing that is interesting about the music of Death Clock, which is the fictional band in Metalocalypse, is that it's one guy, Brendan's, Brendan Small. Now, Brendan Small is an interesting cat. Um, I saw, like, when I saw the uh, an interview with him, I was just looking at him going, this is the dude behind this?
See, it's just, it's a good tune. You know, maybe it was for, um, you know, a, a fictional cartoon band. It doesn't really matter. I'm sorry, but Brendan Small is one hell of an artist. Really talented guy. So I'm not going to be doing Marty's Bent today, but I will be doing Bitcoin Optech newsletter number 43. Action item, help test Bitcoin Core 0.18.0 release candidate. Mm, nice. Bitcoin Core's fourth release candidate for its next major version is available. This resolves several issues found in previous versions and reverts the previous merge of a new feature that seemed to be causing problems for a minor- minority of testers. Release candidate testers have already helped improve the quality of the final release, and those trying this newest release candidate will further help contribute toward making 0.18 the best version of Bitcoin Core yet. Please use this issue for reporting feedback. News, LND 0.6 beta release. Seven months after the release of 0.5 beta, this new major version brings a large number of notable changes. Headlining the changes are static channel backups. These allow users to create single backup file at any time after a new channel has been opened so that they can recover funds from the channel and any previously open channel in the case of data loss, like a hard drive crash. The system isn't perfect. For example, money stored in unsettled HTLCs at the time data was lost can't currently be recovered, but it it represents a major improvement in LN backup safety and a baseline that can be improved upon via purposed protocol changes and watchtower support. Other changes include several major reductions in the use of memory and bandwidth, plus an improved autopilot feature that helps users automatically open new channels for payment routing. Release binaries were also built with everything necessary to use with Lightning Loop for trustlessly moving LN funds to an on-chain address without closing a channel for more information, blah, blah, blah. Basic BIP-158 support merged in Bitcoin Core. With the merge of a pull request by Jim Poson into Bitcoin Core's master development branch, users can now enable a new block filter index configuration option defaults to off that will generate BIP-158 compact block filter for each block on the chain plus its corresponding filter header needed for BIP-157 support. This will operate in the background while the program otherwise continues functioning normally, Talking, <clears throat> sorry, taking about one to three hours on most computers. Nice. The user can then retrieve the filter for a specific block using the new Git block filter RPC. Hmm. Filter for the entire blockchain currently use about four gigabytes. Growth over time can be seen on the following chart, and it's just a a chart of the growth of uh, filter size. Um, These filters are not currently used anywhere else in the program or exposed publicly via Bitcoin Core's implementation of the P2P protocol. A proposed next step for the filters that seem to enjoy wide support among Bitcoin Core developers is to allow the local program to use the filters to quickly scan the blockchain for historic transactions. For example, if you unload a wallet in Bitcoin Core's multi-wallet mode and then reload it later, it needs to look through every block that's arrived since it was unloaded to see if any of them contained a transaction affecting the wallet. With filters, the wallet can just check the smaller and faster filters first and only take a full look at any blocks that the filter indicates are a match for containing wallet transactions. <clears throat> nice. Okay, uh, Beck 32 sending support. 
week six of 24 until the second anniversary of the SegWit software lock in on 24 August 2019. The Optech newsletter will contain this weekly section that provides information to help developers and organizations implement BEC32 sending support. Okay, this week we look at some of the top voted BEC32 questions and answers. Question, will will a Schnorr soft fork introduce a new uh, address format? Answer, although upgrading to BEC32 sending support should be easy, you probably don't want to repeat that work for Bitcoin's next upgrade or the upgrade after that. Peter Woolley answers this question by explaining how an upgrade to Schnorr-based public keys and signatures can still use BEC32 addresses. Optech will be covering this issue in greater detail in a future section. Is it safe to translate a BEC32 P2WPKH address into a legacy P2PKH address? If you read Newsletter 38, you'll notice that the difference between those two addresses for the same underlying public key is only a few characters in a script pub key, making it possible to automatically convert one to the other. Nice. This answer by Andrew Chow and his accompanying comments explains why that's a bad idea that could cause users to lose funds. Yeah. Why does the BEC32 decode function require specifying the address's human readable part instead of extracting it automatically? The HRP is separated from the rest of the address by a one. So it seems like the decoder could ignore that part all on its own. Peter Woolley explains that calling the decoder with the expected HRP ensures that you don't accidentally pay Bitcoin to an address meant for testnet, Litecoin, or some other network. Greg Maxwell also corrects an additional assumption of the asker. What block explorers recognize BEC32 addresses? More than two years after BEC32 was first proposed, and a year after this question was first asked, several popular block explorers don't support search or display of BEC32 addresses. The answer to this question suggests anyone who wants to learn the BEC32 status of various block explorers should check the BEC32 adoption Bitcoin wiki page. Nice. Nice. Uh, let's see, code changes or notable code and documentation changes. Uh, let's see here. Bitcoin core number one, five, eight, three, nine reverts number one, four, eight, nine, seven in the 0.18 branch only see the notable code changes of newsletter 33 for our detailed description of number 14897, which was merged in early February. Several careful testers of the 0.18.0 release candidate noted notice that their node would sometimes stop requesting new transactions shortly after being started. This intermittent problem seemed to be related to the transaction requesting improvement made in 14897 to reduce denial of service risk. At least two PRs have already been opened in, uh, to attempt to address the issue, but there was general agreement in the project to remove the new feature in 0.18.0 so that it and its patches can be received additional, received additional testing in the development branch before they are released in a production version. The goal of the RC cycle is to identify potential problems such as this before they affect regular users. So we think... We speak for those users by thanking everyone involved in the testing so far. And I think I'm just going to go ahead and, and end it there because there's just, I mean, there's the, it's, it, you know, the, the newsletter is huge. Um, but those, I think that's like pretty much the most important parts of what's going on in Bitcoin Optech today. 
Your Daily Train Wrecked is brought to you by Kevin Pham, at underscore Kevin underscore P-H-A-M. I think Roger Ver has received the most bullying in Bitcoin by both sides, BTC and BSV. He's been sued, threatened, slandered, and had regulators sicked on him. I'd start a We Are All Roger campaign, but BSVers and BCHers aren't collectivist zombies. Okay, so why is that a train wreck? Because he's backtracking. He's realized that BSV is um, is a is a sinking ship. Here's what I say about this whole thing. This is what it looks like when a person realizes the boat they chose is sinking and they burned all their bridges except one. What's Kevin doing? Kevin burned all of his bridges in BTC by going hardcore BSV and just getting sucked into that trash chain. And now he realizes that it is a trash chain and the only person, the only bridge he has not burned is the one to Bitcoin cash, or at least he hasn't set it on fire so soundly that it is now ash. Uh, So what we're doing is we're watching somebody realize just how big of a mistake they've made. And going to BCH is not going to be any better for him. Um, it's just going to be a, it's just going to be a continuation of the same circus. So anyway, watching the fall of Kevin Pham is kind of sad because I really liked Kevin back in the day when he was a Bitcoiner and he, I don't know his, the entire tone of that person has changed uh, so soundly that for a long time, I thought, I've thought two things along this road. The first thing I thought is that it was a ruse and that he was going to somehow or another come out the other end going, I did all this because I needed to find out what kind of chicanery was going on. And then he finds out the chicanery and he unfolds it and unzips the fly like he kind of did with Wells Fargo. No, after a while, I lost, I lost all hope of that. The second thing that I thought was that his account, that he sold his account to somebody like Calvin Ayer or, or Craig Wright or something like that. And um, I challenged him. He never answered my challenge directly, but he he, he did answer the, the challenge that I had posited, not because of me, just because he did. I'd said, until you get on an interview with a video camera and say the things that you are saying now, I will never believe that you were actually the same Kevin Pham. And a couple of weeks later, that happened. He gave an interview, and then he gave several more, and it became very evident that he's he ate that turd sandwich pretty much 100%. And now we see what kind of wreckage he's going through. So don't be like Kevin, people. If you're going to be a Bitcoiner, be a Bitcoiner. If you're going to be a shitcoiner, be upfront about it and go away. What I'm going to attempt is not going to work. So don't be sad for me when I when I become my own daily train wreck for trying this. But I'm going to try to get at Hodel Fuel at H O D L F U E L to somehow hook up with Brendan Small, 
so that we can have a new Death Clock coffee jingle. Like this one right here from Death Clock. Torchlight is still alive, people. Torchlight is still alive because it's possible that our space cat, Hodelanot, is still alive. This is from Bass Peters at BAS underscore zero two. He says, from outer space, he is watching us. Hashtag, we are all Hodelanot. What the hell is he talking about? Well, he's talking about a, uh, a tweet from at underscore Dr. Go, D-R-G-O, Message from at Hodelanot via at Blockstream Satellite Bitcoin. And it's a basically a screenshot and it's a message box. It says, Dear community, I just want to say I am very thankful for all the support. It has repeatedly hit me right in my feline feels and made me very proud to be part of this community. It's been one of the realest things I've ever experienced. Thank you, tacos and love, huddle or not. So, is it? Is it from Space Cat? I guess one of these days we'll find out, won't we? All right, I am going to start introducing, as of today a new segment called Satoshi's Treasure. Uh, for all of you guys, uh, if any of you people do not know about Satoshi's Treasure, uh, that's what this segment will do. Is It's, it's going to keep you up to date on, on Satoshi's Treasure. And today we're going to talk about what the hell it is. And I, I, I think I did that on, pretty sure I did that on last Wednesday's show. But this thing is brand new, it's, so it's still fresh, right? And it's going to be ongoing. So I've got fodder. I love fodder. I love being able to have fodder. Send me fodder. So, okay, the first thing that this is going to do is essentially track the account uh, at Toshi Treasure, T-O-S-H-I-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E, or uh, at Toshi Treasure. Now, going, so what is uh, Satoshi's treasure? Well, it's a treasure hunt. There's a thousand uh, keys across the world. You need 400 of them uh, to be able to unlock the wallet. And I think they're referring to the keys as shards. I'm not exactly sure uh, because the thing is kind of, you know, it's kind of mysterious. It's a puzzle. It's not supposed to have all the answers up front, right? So anyway, I I started looking into this um, uh, Toshi treasure 
account and realize that they had they've run a test uh, uh, treasure uh, before. And back in March, in fact, um, if I actually look at the Toshi Treasure, they joined March of 2019. Now that's their their Twitter account. Uh, they joined in March of 2019, and the very one of the very first things they tweeted out was their website satoshitreasure.xyz. That was the, uh, is, in fact, I believe that that is their very first post. And then they say long lost keys, which unlock a Bitcoin seem to be appearing again around 515 PM near, and they give lat long, uh, GPS coordinates. Um, and so let's see, let me take a look at that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then they give their next tweet after that is as above, so below five S's in a row, hyphen combine hyphen T space 10. That's the clue. And well, that's, that's not the clue. The, uh, the clue, well, that's part of the clue, I guess. There's a picture of a really, what looks to be a very beautiful abstract stained glass window somewhere. Don't know where it is. And anyway, they, so they start going, you know, they, they do, we're putting clues and, you know, and like, uh, it looks like several QR codes appeared on poster boards, probably at a college, but I don't know where because I didn't dive that deep into this one. I just started realizing that they had done a test, uh, a test run of this before in March, uh, in case you didn't know. Well, fast forward, uh, to March the 11th, uh, to the skillful team that recovered the key fragments for my first lost coin, you might want to move the coin to your own wallet just to be safe. So within a day, somebody found all the clues that they had posted and found the uh, found the Bitcoin within a day. All right, so here we are, April sixteenth. The first and uh, Toshi Treasure tweets out the first batch of hunters have arrived at location three. All right. <clears throat> So the hunt is on. So the first three keys were dropped on April 16th, I or actually, yeah, or April 15th, mid, mid, mid April, this thing drops and within very short order, all three, uh, first three keys were found. Now, every Sunday, um, they drop a new key to be found. Maybe it'll only be one. I don't know. The Sunday was one more, one more clue was dropped or, or another key was dropped and it was found within hours and it was supposed to be really, really, really a really hard clue. But, um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, the key is, hold on. Okay. So on the 21st, they dropped another, uh, clue, this, this clue that was supposed to be hard and it says, follow the crazy rabbit. Congratulations to the hunters who congregated at the locations indicated in my first transmission and found the first keys of the hunt. A hearty congratulations as well to the few who realized that travel in meat space was not entirely necessary to find these keys. While parts of the hunt are solitary endeavors, most of the time you will need to work together as a clan to pull ahead. This next challenge is solvable by an individual only at considerable expense. For a group, it is nothing but a simple test of cohesion and trust. In my hunt, as in life, remember that it, nothing is what it seems. And that where it says nothing is what it seems is a link to a GIF that shows a crazy bunny in space in front of the earth 
with asteroids flying by and he's doing crazy shit. And then it's cutting in with a face that focuses in on the eyes. I had no idea how to even start thinking about, I mean, is the clue in the data? Is the clue totally visual? Is it both? I mean, I, I suck at puzzles, right? I, I, I admit that up front. I completely suck at puzzles and I'm not going to take part of this, but it's going to be interesting to watch because I suck at puzzles. I wouldn't even know how to even approach that thing, but that thing was found within hours because hours later, um, uh, uh, Satoshi's treasure or Toshi treasure tweets out. Congratulations, Hunter key fragment number zero, zero four. I mean, wow. (laughs) Within hours, somebody or a team of people um, figured that one out. Okay, so now we go from where, you know, Toshi started this whole thing out and there was lots of words like, you know, who's going to find this individual, you know, uh, basically singular uh, singular case words. Now we're talking about teams, clans, and stuff like, and trust. Remember, we were talking about that earlier. We're, we're getting to the point where Bitcoin is developing a trust model, and it was supposed to be trustless, right? It, in, in fact, the actual Bitcoin chain is trustless. But when you're, when you're in meat space, no matter what the payment mechanism is, it's everything else is going to have to develop some kind of level of trust, some level of reputation, some level of, of being somebody who, when you say you're going to not do something or you are going to do something, you either not do that shit or you do that shit to gain reputation, to gain trust so that you can work in teams to solve shit like this. Keep that in mind as we move forward in this new world where we're returning to figure we're returning to a time when your word really does mean something and your reputation is something and that when you trash it it's gone forever you'll never get your trust back and we've seen several people in this space fall from really lofty places okay ver fam other people I won't get into you know get into it all, but there are people that have ruined their reputations for the rest of their lives. Be careful with your reputation, people, because if you take care of your reputation, you'll be able to get involved in like all, all this other kind of stuff. So, um, what I want to say about that is is that it, teams are being formed for the to- for the Satoshi's treasure. You've got you've got I've seen tweets already that that. You've got clan names and team names and tweets are going out with new accounts, Twitter accounts that are, are, are just being spun up just for Satoshi's treasure. And they're asking, they're saying things like we need team, team members that are represented in Asia and India and, you know, Australia and New Zealand. And, and here's another team would tweet out where, where, you know, geographically where they're weak. So people are identify, you know, teams are being formed. Those teams are self-identifying as a, 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 in a geographical meet space, and then they're automatically identifying where they aren't represented, and they're reaching out to those places in the world where they aren't represented to gain team members. 
Remember what the lightning torch did to country's borders? Satoshi Treasure is going to do it again in a different way. And this time it's going to be about the, the citizenry of the world coming together and forming bonds of trust that span not only borders, but religions and geographical places and econ- economies. It will span whether or not people are pretty or ugly or funny or bland. And it's not going to make a shit because Satoshi's treasure is fun. And it's one of the things that is being represented about humanity the best. Our ability to have fun that we, we seem to have lost because everything got so goddamn serious and everything's always serious and taxes are always due. And if you get them wrong, you go to jail and we commit seven felonies a day and don't even know it because everybody got so freaking serious that it's, we forgot, we forgot what being human is. Being human is about being able to learn shit and have fun. Take something seriously like your family. But after that, man, most of this stuff doesn't really mean anything. It just doesn't. Satoshi's treasure does. It's going to mean a lot to a lot of people because even the team, the teams that don't win are going to have built a network infrastructure amongst themselves that will probably make them just as rich, either monetarily or just in, in friendship than finding the key to Satoshi's treasure, the final key to Satoshi's treasure would ever make them. Keep that in mind. Watch Satoshi's treasure and watch some of the best of humanity play out just like we did with Hodel and Knott's LN Trust Chain. Terrible Joke Corner is brought to you by my daughter who wrote this joke. What has a head and a tail but nobody? Bitcoin. That's a pretty bad joke. And it's bad because you kind of got to read it, you know, because it's like what has basically the way she said it was what has a head and a tail but no body? Bitcoin. But there was some sage shit about that all just by collapsing that space between the words no and body because Satoshi's nobody. Satoshi's not all of us. We're not all, we're, and we're not all Satoshi. Satoshi is nobody. Keep that in mind too. I'm out. Again, I apologize for the break. I had uh, actually a couple of people saying, dude, win show. And that's amazing. That, that is amazing to me that, you know, I started this thing, I think in September. I'm pretty sure it was September when I cut my first, you know, the cut the first episode of this thing. And I'll be damned if people aren't actually starting to listen and I'm getting more listeners and no, I'm not shaking the, I'm not shaking the gates like Peter is or, or, you know, Marty, Marty's bent or, you know, coin Icarus or, you know, any of these other guys, but you know, it's just, it's just, it's neat. And one of the other neat things is that, you know, I got mentioned in a tweet a lot. It wasn't a Friday. It wasn't a uh, follow Friday or Friday follow tweet either, 
But my name was mentioned with, uh, right in the middle of a stack of the people that I respect most in this space. And that was one of the most amazing things that I've seen ever. So, I, you know, if, if, Hodel, if Hodel and Not really did message us from space, then his words ring true that this has been one of the realest things that I've ever seen in my life as far as, you know, clearly not, you know, family and friends always come first. You know, your family, number one, automatically. Past that, a lot of this shit's not real. This stuff is, though. When you get mentioned in a lit list of people who's who you've been listening to and, and who shaped your, you know, not shaped your thoughts, but basically been your entry into the space. And then you've just, you've kept watching them and, you know, kept listening to what they were saying and learn from them. And then you get your name mentioned right in that pile. That'll blow your ass away. It, it definitely blew my ass away. So I, I stand humbled and happy. And I hope you guys will all be able to experience that every single day of your life. That is my wish for everybody here. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.